0: Are there any questions? None. Great. Let me lay this out as expeditiously as possible here. We read the scripture and we're privy to the narrative. And so here's what I want you to do I, I want you to just lay down here. Yep. Yeah, on the rock. <laughs> you, you, why did you choose the darker rock? <laughs> All right, sorry about that. Yes, you, yeah, that's good. We'll Move this way here a little bit. Uh-huh, all right, that's good. All right. The hard place. Y'all privy, you're privy to the story. Jacob was in a hard place. Not just literally, but figuratively speaking. In Genesis chapter 27, you're privy to the story already. This is Jacob, one of twin brothers born to Isaac. Isaac, the son of Abraham. Jacob and Esau, he has a red-headed, you know, hairy brother who came out first. When he was born first, this guy right here, what he represents, held on to his brother coming out. It's not a coincident that later on when Jacob is fighting the angel, Jacob did not let go and he held on. He was born holding on. The first thing he did was hold on. When the angel told him to let go, he said, I can't, I have to hold on. I believe we have some Jacobs that all you know how to do is hold on. Regardless of what happens. But he was in the hard place. He finds this. I'm gonna go really quick on this because when expedite the process, he goes through a process. He's mama's boy, his brother is daddy's boy. If you're if you're mama's favorite child, raise your hand. You know you, you're spoiled. You get away with murder. When when daddy wanted to discipline you, mama would show up and intervene. That's what he had. I mean, he was mama's boy to such a degree that they conspired to take away the blessing from the older brother. Older, technically, by seconds, by minutes. But they conspired. They conspired because daddy was going blind. They didn't go to Pearl Vision for a while, couldn't see rice. So they conspired, and the conspiracy was simple we have to convince your father that you are your brother. So they went, I'm speaking parenthetically now. They went to the nearest Walmart, got some crazy glue, got some fake hair, put it on himself. You know the story. And then they went up to dad. And then he speaks to dad and he uses his voice. And dad, he says, but you sound like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. Oh, no, it's me. Blah, blah, blah. You know the story. He ends up robbing his brother's blessing. And he runs away. Once his brother finds out, he comes after him to take him out. And to take him out is not to dinner or to cracker barrel. It meant to take him out. So he's coming after his brother to cause egregious harm. He pursues him. He's followed. He is running away, fleeing now. And he finds himself in his darkest chapter in the hard place the hardest place in his entire life. Here it is. He places his head on a rock, the rock became his pillow. If you've been through at least one hard place in your life, one and I don't mean like a migraine, an an allergy attack. I mean you went through a hard place, a difficult place, a place where you questioned your own survivability. If you've been, and you questioned a lot of things. God, where are you? Where am I? Am I going to make it out? Are you going to show up? If you've been through at least one hard place in your life, raise one hand. Oh, If you've been through a couple of hard places, raise both hands. If you've been through so many, you lost count, raise both hands and a foot. If you've been through so many hard places, if I Google the word rock right now, your Instagram account pops up. (laughs) Well, then this message is for you. Because hard places provoke glorious dreams. I'm going to give this one more time. Hard places provoke glorious dreams. He places his head on the rock. It is a hard place. It became his de facto pillow. From Genesis to Revelation... We discover the following. He places his head on the rock. Subsequently, we just read the story, he sees a ladder. That ladder serves as as a connective, facilitative platform between heaven and earth, between the natural and the supernatural, between the eternal and the temporal. He sees the ladder, but first he has a hard place. Before we climb the ladder, we have to place our head on the rock. Before we climb to the high place, we must learn to rest in the hard place we call that rocky pillows. Let me explain this one more time. What was he doing, by the way? What did he do on the rock? Is there any indication in Scripture that says he was whining on the rock? He was crying on the rock. He was complaining on the rock. He slept on the hard place. The moment you have the audacity to sleep and rest and trust God for his promises in the hardest hour of your life, then you will see heaven touch your earth. <laughs> Let me explain this. The hard season precedes the high season. From Genesis to Revelation, there is a continual metanarrative There is a desert before the promised land, a drought before the rain, a cross before the empty tomb. In other words, you can measure the size of your upcoming blessing by the magnitude of your current tribulation. So let me remind you, you're not defined by the hell you're going through. You're defined by the heaven you're going to. The hard place does not define you. The hard place reveals who you really are. I'll say that one more time. The hard place does not define you. The hard place reveals who you really are. So if you've been through a hard place, if you find yourself right now in the proverbial hard place, laying your head on the stone, on the rock, get ready. There is a promise from Scripture. It's not Pastor Sam. Psalm 65, 11 says this. You will crown, you will finish the year with a bountiful harvest. And even the hard way, Even the hard pathways will overflow with abundance. Y'all didn't get that. There is a promise that says that before the year is over, God will crown your year with a harvest. Not just a harvest, but a bountiful harvest. And then the promise says this, and even the hard places of your life will overflow with abundance. If you believe it, give God a shout of praise. I dare you to raise your right hand. Repeat after me. Repeat after me. Even the hard pathways, the hard place in my life. You're not getting this. If that's your marriage, if that's your kid, if that's your finances, your health, your integrity, whatever went, whatever you went. Look at annual. Whatever was difficult this year is about to overflow with the abundance. Raise your right hand. Repeat after me. The hard, the hard, the hard place of my life. I'm just reading Psalm 65, 11. So you can't even say, this is the promise of God. will overflow with abundance. Raise both hands and say, in Jesus' name, that promise is mine. Before the year is over that's what it says you will crown the year you will finish the year in Hebrew before the year is over say it before the year is over before the year is over wherever there was pain there will be praise wherever there was sorrow there will be joy wherever there was mourning there will be dancing because you will crown it With your favor, in abundance. In Jesus' name, give God a shout like you believe that. In that hard place, the hard place provokes glorious dreams. He dreamt there, and dreams are important. Dreams drivers, your God-given dream serves as destiny's GPS. And I don't mean pizza-induced, hot wing prompted, gastrointestinal-motivated dreams. I'm talking about God's vision for you. He He had a dream here. The man dreamt in his hardest hour in the hard place. Man, sometimes all we have left is a dream. The only thing getting you up is that dream. Acts two seventeen, reiterating the prophet Joel, talks about young people seeing visions and old men dreaming dreams. God's people are always dreaming. We have dreams. How do you know your dream is of God? You know how your dream is of God? How do you know? If your dream is so big that if you share it with other people, they will question your sanity, then you know. If your dream does not provoke the people around you to say, wow, then it's probably not a God dream. It's a you dream. But the moment, the you, the moment your dream comes out of your mouth, and it is so ginormous, that, that's why you have to be careful who you share your dreams with. Because I, when I was 14 years old, I'm, I'm, I'm from California now for the past 15, 16 years, but actually, I'm actually from Pennsylvania, and I'm, wow, uh, so I'm, I'm a Pennsylvania native, and in Pennsylvania, I grew up in an Assembly of God church where this, when I was 14 years old, I started dating this girl who, who inevitably became my wife, and we would go to a place called the Lehigh Valley Mall, and, pretty awkward, and, a few people from the Lehigh Valley all four of us and we're all here right now and, and I would walk with her and we would pass by, true story, a place called Walden Books and I would look at, at, at Eva who's my wife I was 14, she was a little bit older I'm not allowed to disclose how older she was because then i get liability insurance kicked in and so I would walk by Walden Books and say, and I would stop and I would say, here's my dream one day my books are going to be here in the name of Jesus And she looked at me and without any hesitation said, I believe that. And and she really did, it wasn't like rhetoric, she believed it. So the first time my books ended up in Walden Books, we would pass by, we took a, a little, before selfies were selfies, we took a picture like this with the book in hand, because it was the fulfillment of a dream. You have to surround yourself with people that believe in God's dream for your life. I'm gonna speak to someone right now. Maybe in the past year or two years, The Lord has been removing people from your life, and I don't mean in your nuclear family. I mean in your circle. There are people that used to be with you that are no longer with you, and it was uncomfortable because some of them you depended on for so long. I don't want you to be depressed or discouraged. Put a smile on your face. If they're no longer with you, there's a reason for that. God is surrounding you with people that are going to help your dream become a reality, and I'm here to tell you God's about to surround you with people that will make you your dream, a reality! Oh, we gotta we got, we got got hurry, we gotta hurry, we gotta hurry. So this is, and let, let me speak parenthetically here about this because even to, on, a, on a corporate level, let me speak prophetically to America, it, it's been argued that this is the hardest hour for Christianity in America. It's been stated explicitly that this is the hardest hour. Then I would agree, this is the hardest hour. This is the hardest hour for Christianity in America. It may very well be. But in that hard hour, because we're being pushed back with moral relativism and cultural decadence and spiritual apathy, ecclesiastical lukewarmness, there is an attack on our Judeo-Christian value system. People in society, the gates of hell have opened up to silence every single vestige of Christianity. This idea of truth with love, it, it just runs counter to this, to this world of moral relativism. So this is the hardest hour for the Christian faith. But, but I believe, that's why, it may be the hardest hour, but in the hardest hour emerge the greatest of dreams. You're not getting that right now. So what I'm saying is, don't drink the Kool-Aid, man. Forget about what you hear on CNN and Fox and MSNBC and ABC and CBS and NBC and even Univision and Telemundo. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. God is not done with America and America is not done with God. I'm going to say that one more time. God is not done with America and America is not done with God. Why? Because we are not a political ideology. We are not an economic system. We are not a sports franchise. We are not a social media platform. We are not a website. We are the church of Jesus Christ and the gates of hell shall not, will not, cannot, may not prevail against us. We are the church. And in the hard place we dream. Matthew 16, 18. Let me calm down here a bit. So hard places provoke the greatest of dreams. Quickly, number two is when Jesus is your ladder, you can bring heaven down. Let me explain. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway, a ladder, another Hebrew word, Hebrew exegete, that reached from earth up to heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down. Here lies, here lies a biblical truth, ladies and gentlemen. We can bring heaven down. Let me say it one more time. We can bring heaven down. Pastor Sam, no, 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 we, only when we pass away or when the Lord comes for us, can we, then why would Jesus tell us, pray like this? Thine kingdom come, thine will be done on earth as it is. Now you need to understand this. We can bring heaven down. There are, I mean, we, prayer brings heaven down. Praise brings heaven down. God's word brings heaven down. Holiness, what a word, brings heaven down. When you rest in God in God's promises, in your hardest hour, you bring heaven down. And, and, and we have the power. He dreamt and heaven came down. Oh, by the way, little enclosure here. And and again, let me just lay it out. If it bothers you, if it's not part of your DNA and your cultural worldview, God bless you and pass the ammunition. But there's a reason. People that have never been in the hard place, people that have never been there, spiritually speaking, prophetically speaking. If you've never been there, then you never have a true revelation of what this represents. In other words, there's a reason why some of us, we, why we respond and we praise the way we praise. And I'm, I'm gonna, I, this may offend someone, but I'm not here to offend you. God knows my heart. But there's a reason why I love Pastor Jim, because this thing about not quenching his spirit. There's a reason why I've traveled around the world, and I've seen this. I, I used to critique this and not believe in it until I went through my hard place. And I learned, I used to critique people that were loud at church, believe it or not. I used to critique people that would raise up their hand and shout. I used to critique those that would get around and dance and and just say I would say, that's just so exuberant. Sit down. Callate, por favor. No, I would do, why? Because I thought it was just a bunch of emotional ru-ha-ha. But then I I went through my hard place. And the moment I went through my hard place and I got my ladder, everything changed. And I mean everything changed. That's when I discovered that this whole thing, this whole praise that brings down heaven, it's actually an equation. I found out that the size of your praise is directly proportional to the magnitude of the hell that God takes you out of. Let me say that one more time. That the size of your praise is directly proportional to the magnitude of the hell that God takes you out of. In other words, if he took you out of a little hell, then you give him a little praise. But if he saved you, if he delivered you, if he healed you, if he turned you around, if he placed your feet on solid ground, then you give God the highest. A praying church will bring heaven down. A praising church will bring heaven down. A righteous church will bring heaven down. A truth-telling church will bring heaven down. Oh, man. Okay, we got we to hurry. We got to hurry. We got to hurry. <laughs> Are there any questions? None. So he said, here it is. Here it is. So he sees the ladder, right? I love John 1, Here it is. Here is the New Testament response. Here it is, John one fifty one. 51. Ooh, I tell you the truth. You will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, who is the ladder between heaven and earth. Read it. No ambiguity, just pure biblical, exegetical extrapolation from God's Word. Precise, perfect, nothing made up. Jesus is the ladder. Yeah, you didn't hear me. Jesus is the ladder. Jesus is the ladder. I'm going to say that one more time till you get it. Jesus is the ladder. Acts 17, 28, in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. Jesus is the ladder. If you want to get out of your hard place, Jesus is the ladder. God gives every generation a facilitative platform by which they emerge out of their pathetic circumstances into the prophetic destiny. He gives every single generation. He gave Jacob a ladder. He gave Joseph a robe. He gave Moses a rod. He gave Joshua a shout. He gave Gideon a sword. He gave David a stone. He gave Elijah a mantle. What did he give us? He gave us the name of Jesus. He gave us Jesus. He gave us the name that is above every other name. He gave us Jesus. Jesus is your ladder. High five your neighbor. Tell them Jesus is my ladder. Tell them Jesus is my ladder. Say, Jesus is my ladder. Jesus is my ladder. Jesus is my ladder. Jesus is my ladder. I said, Jesus is my ladder. Jesus is my ladder. Jesus is my ladder. You want to come out of your pit? call out the name of Jesus, and you will be saved. Raise your right hand You're about to go from the hard place to the high place No, you're not hearing me I'm prophesying to someone right here You're about to go from the hard place to the high place I'm gonna say that one more time You're about to go from the hard place To the high place I'm gonna say that one more time you don't need to worry about your children or your children's children or your children's 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 children. You are about to go from the hard place to the hard place. My God, if you believe it, praise like the devil has been defeated. Shout like nothing can stand in your way. Worship like no weapon forth against you can prosper. Rejoice! Right, Ready, George? Are you ready, Jacob? All right, ready? Stand up with me. Wake up. I want you to climb. I want you to start climbing the ladder. Don't forget, this is not... Jacob's ladder is adorable. John chapter 151 upgrades. It says Jesus is the ladder now. Upgrade. Yes, so you're going to climb in the presence of Jesus. Yes, See, your destiny is waiting for you. So you're going to climb up. Let's just... What, what I, here, here's what you do. Because while you climb, everyone here is climbing with you. No, no, you don't seem to get that. Everyone who has been through their hard place. Some people here have had the hardest year of their lives. And God is telling them today, I'm about to take you out of your hard place. I'm about to take you to a high place. So here's, here we, take the first step, the first step. Stop right there. By the way, that's faith. No, it, all, it, all, it really is faith. The first step is always faith. To, to, in, order, in order to Romans 10, 9, you have to have faith. You have to have faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Say faith. faith. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Ephesians 2, 8. It begins with faith. You have to have enough faith to declare that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. It's faith. The next, That's faith. To, to take the next step. That's forgiveness. Because <laughs> so you can't be forgiven if you don't have faith. You have to have faith that you will be forgiven. That First John 1, 9 kicks in in Romans ten nine. If you confess and believe, that's forgiveness. And by the way, not only God forgiving you, but you have to forgive every single person who ever offended you and harmed you. You can't climb up the ladder and see the fullness of what God has for you unless you engage in step of forgiveness. It's faith. It's forgiveness. Say faith. faith. Forgiveness. forgiveness. That's freedom. Go to freedom. That's the next step. Come here, guys. That's the next step. That's freedom. That's John eight thirty two, John 8 36, 2 Corinthians three seventeen. Are there any questions? Good. For ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall be free. For he who the son of free is free indeed. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's freedom. You go from faith to forgiveness to freedom. The next step, the next step right here, this is faithfulness. Go to faithfulness. You, this is fruitfulness, but don't go up yet because people want to be fruitful without being faithful. That's not the way it rolls. This is your Christian walk in an illustration. You have to be faithful before you're fruitful. You have to be faithful before you're fruitful. You have to be. Free. You have to walk in integrity before you place a demand on the fullness of God's promises and blessings in your life. All right, you, you it up. So this is. So this is faith. What was this again? Forgiveness. This is freedom, and this is faithfulness, and this is fruitful. Go to fruitful. Y'all come here for a second. You're fruitful. You're fruitful. Raise your right hand. Repeat after me. In the name of Jesus. And this is not prophetic. You'll give it a second. Raise both hands and say, in the name of Jesus. And, and by, let me just, I, the faithfulness is Revelation 2.10. Fruitfulness is Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. Raise both hands and say, in the name of Jesus. I am about to bear fruit like never before in my life. Matter of fact, repeat after me. In Jesus' name. My legacy will be one of fruitfulness, out of faithfulness, out of freedom, out of forgiveness, out of faith. My family will be fruitful. My calling will be fruitful. This church will be fruitful. Everything I do will bear fruit for the glory of Christ. If you believe that, say amen, shout hallelujah. Alright, you ready? We're, 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 I'm gonna wrap it up real quick here. The next step you're gonna do, you are gonna go up. But this is this is yo, know, oh, this is right here. This is favor. No, favor is always on top. Because go to favor, go to favor, Sunshine. Put put both feet on favor. No, go go back again, go down again, go down again, go down like he just did. And do exact go down both feet here. Now climb again and put your feet on favor. Stop. Notice what is he doing as he's climbing up? Holding on, because the moment you let go, then you think you it's all you. The moment you let go, the moment you let go, you think you got there on your own right on your own understanding, on your own inclination, on your own wherewithal and fortitude and ideas and connections, every single day, hold on to Jesus, hold on to Jesus, hold on. Even as you go from one level of glory to the other of glory, in Him we live, in Him we move, in Him we have our being. All right, you ready? Now, now, now I'm not, this is why God, God placed this message for you. I don't even know for who this is for. This must be for somebody, alguien aquí. Because you, oh, we, you are about to see God's favor in your life. No, you think that's oh, that's cute. No, 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 I'm just telling you what the Spirit of God told me. If God would have told me on the plane, tell them that there's judgment coming. I mean, I, I, I'm just a pizza delivery guy. I just deliver, I don't, I, don't, I don't construct it. I'm just a delivery guy. God told me to tell you, you are about to see favor like you've never seen before. No, 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 no. The reason the enemy has shown up recently, it's to distract you because you're climbing up the ladder and you are about to see God's faith. If this is for you, if this is for anybody in his place, I'm gonna say that one more time. You are about to see God's favor like you've never seen it before. Nathan Morris, Jim Raley, John Kilpatrick. Listen, you—we—you you are about to see God's favor. We are about to see. So, you—you. You, you, uh, go to Stay on favor Put both feet on favor Here it is Raise both hands <laughs> But favor is always high Favor is not at the bottom Favor is always here when, when you're favored Everyone sees you even, even if they're not looking Even if they're not looking for you they look your way they have no choice but to find you I'm gonna prophesy to somebody what God's about to do next in your life will be so awesome it will prompt your friends and your enemies to come together and declare look what the Lord has done y'all didn't hear that what God's about to do next will be so great that friends, family, and foe will all say, look what the Lord has done. I'm gonna say that one more time. Everyone is gonna to have to say, Look what the Lord has. Receive that favor, raise both hands. Repeat after me. Say, that favor is mine. So he's up there. George, look, look at the crowd. So y'all can see him. But when you're favored, you see above the fray. You see what others do not see. No, no, no. Favor is not about you becoming visible so you can increase the number of followers on your Instagram account. Favor. When God gives you favor, it is for Brother George to be, George, if somebody right now in the foyer next to those doors is having a heart attack or if someone there is hurting, you could see them from there. God gives you favor so you can recognize the needs of those that are far away. The favor of God, is not for, it's not for you to say, I am blessed. It's for you to say, God, make me the greatest blessing to everyone I know. That's favor. Somebody say favor. favor. All right. And, and the, biblically speaking, the next step is Philippians 1, 6, which is fulfillment. That's, he will complete what he has started in your life. The last step is where Jesus stands. That's the finish line. The Apostle Paul would call it the, 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 the quintessential stepping stone, the finish line. That's the finish. That's where Jesus stands. That's where Jacob saw, he saw the Lord at the top of the ladder saying, and identifying himself. Hey, it's me, the God of Abraham and Isaac. It's me, your God. Because you can never know who you are until you first discover who he truly is. So he, but that's the thing. Now, now stop for a second. Why are these guys here? Anyone know? It's it's real practical, don't don't go deep revelation, write a book about it. Why are they there? That's it, who said that? That's all it is, catch him if he falls. If you think that Pastor Sam in, in an illustration has the wherewithal or at least the foresight to have two individuals there just in case, don't you think God has a better system for you and I as we climb? y'all have no idea what I just said. Some people would rather stay here. Some people live their lives here because this they find this to be safer because they're afraid of heights. Some people get comfortable. They get comfortable in the hard place. They want to live in perpetuity in the hard place, and they somehow get comfortable to living in the desert. Don't Don't confuse what you're going through to where you're going to. Don't You're not called to build a house in the desert. You're not called to build a permanent structure in what you're going through. You you need to understand you should not be afraid of heights. Because if anything would happen, God forbid, if anything would happen, we have goodness and mercy who are there every single day of our lives. All right. We're done. We're done. Everybody stand with me. You are standing we're done. We're done. Oh. Raise your right hand. Repeat after me. My heart season is over. My high season is alive and well. Hey, hey, George, do me a favor. Come down for a second. Won't you climb on this side? Okay. No, before you do, I, I did not ask him to put this on. This came with a ladder. Right? I didn't tell the church put this on. Read this before you do. Read it and read it out loud. Do not climb back section. In Spanish, it says, no suba por la sección trasera. But George, there are less steps on the back side. There are less steps. would you? And this is the reason why people fall and break their spiritual necks because they believe there are shortcuts in the kingdom. You're not hearing me. They want to get to favor without getting onto the step of holiness and righteousness. They want to skip integrity. They want to skip forgiveness. They want to skip faith, and they want to get right to favor. So they break their spiritual necks, and then they blame God. Why did you permit me? Why? Because you were on the wrong side of the ladder. You've got to go. You've got to go through the process. Last steps. Less steps, less steps does not mean a faster climb. There are no shortcuts in the kingdom. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Are there any questions? <laughs> Worship team, join me right now. Flow with me. He, he here it is. L- l- last point. This is. And he sees the Lord and he goes, Oh, I'm going to. What's going? Oh, wow, this is. I, I can't believe this is really awesome. He said, Awesome. The Hebrew word was. Beyond the norm, amazing. Come here, George, let me show you something. Jacob. And he he said, I sense an anointing right here, right now. He says the following, I'm just going to read it for you. He says this, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep. He says, this is, the Lord is in this place. I wasn't even aware of it. He says, what an awesome place. And he says, this is God's, this is the house of God. I want you to raise one hand right now. I want you to hear me. The legacy is the legacy of Rocky Pillows. The legacy is you will teach your children and your children's children and those that follow you in one way or another. The fact that the hard place precedes the high place. The hard place does not define you, but it is the facilitative womb from which glorious dreams are born. The latter is Christ. You're not created. You're not born. You're not on this planet to live in perpetuity in the hard place. We all go through hard places. If you've never been through one, then I worry about you. Because if you've never been through one, that means one is forthcoming. Every single one of us goes through a hard place. Some of us have been through more than one. Some of us have a PhD in hard places. I'm just preaching to a handful of people. Everybody else, you've never been through anything. But some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all had to learn how to sleep with tears rolling down your cheeks believing God even when your flesh was saying where's your God now your spirit was saying sleep in the hard place upon the rock and this is your destiny it is a destiny of faith forgiveness freedom faithfulness fruitfulness, favor and fulfillment this is your destiny Oh, with your hand raised, repeat after me what Jacob said, we're going to say it now repeat after me, matter of fact take that hand, lay it on your head and say this is God's house oh you have no idea what you just said you're going to go back home tonight and you're going to say what Jacob said this is God's house you're gonna lay hands on your spouse who's rebellious or not serving God right now. You're gonna serve on your child who is having issues with faith in God and involved in relationships or in habits that run counter to their God-given purpose. And instead of telling them, "Yeah, you're so wrong, you're so about," no. Instead of cursing them, you're gonna lay hands on them and you're gonna say, you are God's house. Your body is God's house. Your family is God's house. Your mind is God's house. Your heart is God's house. Your future is God's house. Your church is God's house. Your community is God's house. Somebody shout, this is God's house. For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. Hebrews 3, 4. 1 Corinthians 3, 11 says, we are built and rooted in Christ Jesus. We're done. Put that hand down. Let me pass the baton over here for a second. Give me that rock. That's the one you slept on? Yes, sir. Put both hands on it. Don't drop it. I'm not going to do this because I don't have the, some sort of pan or something to do this on. But this is what he did. I kid you not. He took oil, olive oil, and he poured it on the rock. Stop. You didn't get it. The moment you put it on the rock, by the way, the Bible doesn't say that he picked up the rock and walked with it for the rest of his life. Because some people wanna walk with the hard place like if the hard place was part of them as an extension. No, you, you don't, that's why you feel heavy because you're walking with something that God already dealt with in your life. You didn't get that, did ya? So you gotta let it leave it at its place. But before you leave it, you have to put some oil on it. When you put oil on it, that means it's anointed. That means that narrative has redeemed. That means when you put oil on the rock, on the hard place, you need, you can't leave the hard place until you put oil on it. When you put oil on it, you're giving the devil a migraine. You're saying, you thought you had the final word in this chapter. I'm telling you that out of this hard chapter, I'm about to see the glory of God. I learned things here. I matured here. I grew here. Look at your neighbor tell him, put some oil on it. Tell your other neighbor, put some oil on it. Put some oil on it. Put some oil on it. Okay, put it down for a second. Put it down. Oh, anoint your heart place. Anoint it. Anointed. Then 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 with that anointing. It destroys the yoke. With that anointing. Oh. With that anointing. That gives you the fullness of knowledge, first John 2 27. With that anointing, then you're able to become a healing instrument for others. What you went through anoints you so you can minister to others who are going through something similar. <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. he got up hard place, high place. If you've got this word, raise your hand. We're done. Hey, come here for a second. He saw angels coming up and down. Later on, he sees an angel. He gets into a scuffle with an angel, a wrestling match. That's cray cray. What you doing? No, get, no, you're not getting this. The next time he sees an angel, I'm not. He holds on to him, says, "I'm not letting you go till you bless me." No, stop. No, for real, let go for real. Okay, he says, "No, no, no, for real. I, was, I was just testing. I was just testing." He he says, you you didn't get this, okay. What, when he was here, he saw angels walking up and down from heaven with the bounty of heaven. Next time, he's not sleeping. He's awake, and he finds an angel, and he's willing to wrestle with him and doesn't let go. In other words, let me give it to you parenthetically. Hey, 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 hold on. Last time I saw you, sunshine, I was sleeping. I was not physically conscious. I couldn't grab a hold of what you were carrying down from heaven, but I'm not that person anymore. I'm not in that place anymore. I'm not in the hard place anymore. I'm awake and I'm walking and I'm not letting you go until you give me everything that belongs to me. I'm here to tell you, you're not that person anymore. You're not who you used to be. You're not in the hard place anymore. Repeat after me, I'm not that person anymore. I'm not sleeping anymore. I am awake in Christ, and I have the ability to grab a hold of what comes down from heaven. Now raise both hands. Father, I gave the word to your children the way you gave me the word to give your children. You told me that tonight is the night that you are shifting many here from the hard place to the high place. You told me that you were about to grant favor. Ah, oh, the faith and forgiveness and freedom and faithfulness and fruitfulness will usher in favor like they've never seen before. For what purpose? To glorify Jesus, to magnify Christ, to reveal the fullness of the grace and the glory of the living Christ to literally be a walking billboard for the grace-filled work of Jesus. In everything you do, the atmosphere will shift. Wherever you go, the atmosphere will shift. Wherever you go, things will happen. They have to happen. Measurable, palpable things will take place. Why? Because you're no longer in the hard place. You're in the high place. Because your legacy is the legacy of Rocky Pillow's with your hands raised. If this word was 179.3% for you, if you say, Pastor Sam, I all you needed to do was read out my social security number because that is me. That's you have no idea what I've been through. That is me, and that's my ladder. That's Jesus is my ladder, and I'm gonna climb and I'm gonna go up higher in Him. Glory to glory with faith and forgiveness and freedom and faithfulness and fruitfulness and favor and fulfillment and he is my quintessential finish he is my finish line if that's you and you're saying today i'm getting up from my hard place and i'm climbing the ladder when i count to three we're going to do this quickly i want you to come out of your seat and go somewhere in the aisle go somewhere here just show the world and yourself that you're no longer in the hard place one two three do it now if you have to hesitate, then it's not for you. But if it's you, come out of your seat right now. In the name of Jesus, come out of your heart, place. Go! 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 In the name of Jesus. Go! In the, of Jesus. In, the of Jesus. In the name 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 of Jesus. Rise up. Rise up. Get up. Get up. Get up. In the name of Jesus. Get up. Get up. Get up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah yes. Get up. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. name. Now lift up your hands. Jacob, lift up your hands. Yes! Yeah, 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 yeah! By the time you get home, the atmosphere will, will already be shifted in your favor. <laughs> I'm going to say that one more time. By the time you get home, you are not going back to a hard place. You're going back to a high place. My, my, my! With your hands raised, I sense the spirit of God. Every heart, every mind every soul, every spirit. Right now, right now, right now, just. Oh, climb. The Lord is telling you, climb, climb. There's more for you, climb. Just climb, climb, climb. In Him, in Him, in Him we live, in Him we move. In Him we live, in Him we move, in Him we have our being. Christ is all that matters. Colossians 3.11, Christ is all that matters. Christ is all that matters. It's God in you. It's God with you. It's God through you. Climb. Climb. Favor. Fulfillment. Finish. Climb. Don't take shortcuts. That's where accidents happen. Goodness and mercy are not waiting for you on that side they're waiting for you on this side climb 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 your children will climb your children this is the last day you ever worry about your children's salvation this is the last day you ever worry about your children's Christianity their faith This is the last day. God got this. God is telling you, you climb up. I'm going to take care of your kids. You climb. You pursue me. Pursue righteousness. I'll take care of your children and your children's children. All right. Nathan, where are you? Come up here, buddy. Everybody here, repeat after me with your hands raised. See, I receive this word. In the name of Jesus, today I trade my hard place for my high place. With both hands raised, this is going to be difficult for some of you, I know it is. We're about to do something. You're about to give God thanks for your hard place. And that is counterintuitive to many, but the moment we're grateful to God for what we've been through, then we can truly appreciate where we're going to. Because even in that thing you went through that was self-inflicted or others did to you, you grew out of it. You grew one way. If you did it to yourself, you learned to pursue righteousness, integrity. If others did it to you, you learned who to trust and who not to trust. So with both hands raised, say, God, I give you thanks for my hard place as I give you praise for my high place. From this moment on, I will enjoy the climb. Jesus is my ladder. In him I live. In him I move. In him I have my being. In Jesus' name, I will not step down. I will continue to climb up from one level of glory to the next level of glory. This is my mission, this is my destiny, this is my legacy. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Go up to favor, not you, him. Well, what, what's what's this is faith, faith. Forgiveness, forgiveness, freedom, faithfulness, fruitfulness, favor. Stay right there, Padre en el nombre de Jesús de Nazaret En los próximos tres años, 36 meses, tú vas a ampliar el territorio de influencia sobre este hijo, sobre este ungido tuyo, y este don y este ministerio va a tocar las naciones como nunca anteriormente. Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the next 36 months, he will see favor like few men have ever seen before in the name of Jesus. I release that word right now. Right now, we cancel every assignment from hell against them, and we speak covering. We speak an impermeable covering. In the name of Jesus, Doors are about to open up like you've never seen before. I decree it, I declare it, I prophesy it, and release it in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, shout Amen. Receive it in the name of Jesus. All right, all right. We're done. Don't you dare leave on me. There's something else we have to do. Where's Pastor Jim? Come on up, Hanson. Pastor Don? not organized, it's not programmed, it wasn't like, there's no script here, man. This is not like, we haven't discussed anything. So all I saw was you and your lovely wife and your mantle and your calling climbing, which means, I'm going to tell you what the Holy Spirit told me, he's about to expose the gift that is in you and he's placed upon you. There's a, there's a level of authority, but and I hear the word authority and I hear the word access. The authority has been there, now the access on a larger stage, God's about to blow things up in such a way because, because you did not quench, because you did not quench, because when, you did not quench, because you did not quench. There's a reward, and I don't mean on the other side. You're, you're about to see the reward of faithfulness now, on this side. Matter of fact, this hour in this season. Resources and harvest, as you know, are coming your way. In that order, by the way, resources and harvest, 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 resources and harvest. So everyone was connected to this house, who's under this mantle of authority. Here's what the Lord is telling me tonight. Tell. I say that with fear and trembling, by the way. Again, there's a fine line between the prophetic and the pathetic. There is. And I want to make sure if God gives me a word that's so filtered and deciphered, gone through the God rubric, because I won't release it, man. I fear God that much. God's spirit of God told me to tell you that the favor will be of such degree What I see in the spirit is a launch pad. Right next to the launch pad, there's a hangar, and the, of, of, the, the hangar doors are opening up, and it's not a plane, it's, and I know it's in the region, I get that, but it's, it's like a space shuttle. He, it's, he's catapulting you, and everyone who's connected to this church, to this ministry, whoever's in covenant with you will experience the same favor. So in their businesses, in their lives, in their callings, they're going to experience favor because of the corporate favor that's descending upon you. So I want you to climb up to favor. So this is, this is, this is faith, this is forgiveness, this is freedom, this is faithfulness, this is fruitfulness, this is favor. When you touch here and you get here, this is not like, oh, what a, this is not an illustration, it's a prophetic act. The moment you hit favor favor is about to be unleashed now upon this house and this church. Go. I'm done. Somebody needs to yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody give God a shout. Hey. Somebody shout favor. Favor. favor 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 favor. Raise both hands and say I receive that. My family receives it. In the name of Jesus. Amen.